from the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. So good to have you with us on this first day of the year. And you know what? Today, because this is the first day of the year, we're going to put first things first, and that is the Word of God. Now, that may seem a bit off topic for a program called Washington Watch, but if you listen to Washington Watch regularly, you know that the only way for us to watch Washington is through the lenses of Scripture. As, as believers, as followers of Christ, we need a biblical worldview. And how do you get a biblical worldview unless you spend time in the Word of God? And uh, we discuss that a lot on this program. And as many of you, uh, many of you know this, but last year, in fact, many of you are participating in it. Last year, FRC launched a two-year Bible reading plan. So we're we're now moving into the the second year. Many of you have been with us on this journey, and if you haven't been. I encourage you to join us right now, right where we are. Just pick up. You don't have to go back to the beginning. Just start right where we are. We've got our Bible reading plan. You can go to frc.org slash Bible, and you can get the the calendar right there. Just dive in today. Start right where we are, uh, which is in the book of Isaiah. Now, later in the show, we'll hear from some of our listeners who have actually been with us on this journey, and not surprisingly, being immersed in the Word of God has been impactful on so many of them. But first, to help us uh, set this up, uh, talking about the studying of God's Word, we're going to have a conversation with Harold Harper, FRC Senior Vice President and Chief of Staff. Harold was with us on Christmas Day. He comes back. We invite him out for all the big holidays. Harold has over 30 years of experience in personal, pastoral, and denominational ministry. He also has a heart for building up Christ-following families who are rooted in biblical faith in the face of increasing social and cultural pressures. Harold, welcome back to the program, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. What an incredible time to be on the radio to talk about this important subject. It is, and I think it's very appropriate, the first day of the year. And we're going to talk about uh, how you can have... Be intentional, I should say, in this coming year and in, in how you lead your family mm-hmm. or disorder your own steps. I mean, whether you're an individual, uh, single, whether you're a, a parent, whether you're a child, a teenager, whatever, um, influence the world around you by getting rooted in the Word of God. But I want, I want to start off by going over some interesting statistics. You know, over the course of several years, the Center for Bible Engagement has surveyed over 400,000 people across 20 countries from all different faiths and walks of life and um, all about their spiritual lives. And they made some very interesting discoveries. And, you know, you say, what are some of those discoveries? Well, the key discovery from the Center for Biblical Engagement Research is that the life of someone who engages in Scripture four or more days a week looks radically different from the life of someone who does not. In fact, the lives of Christians who do not engage in the Bible most days of the week are statistically the same as the lives of non-believers. Does that does that surprise you at all, Harold? Well, <laughs> yes, I guess it does. I was just thinking about my own personal life in that matter. These these stats are real important, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, I've been blessed 
to be a, a student of the Bible for a while. And when I think about starting out the new year, you know, I look back uh, typically every year at the end of the year, I look back at my journal. Uh, usually through the month of December, look through, and I can see the impact that God's Word has had on me and how I've been able to apply it not only to my own life, to my work, and to my family as well. So I know you've looked at that study. What were some of the findings regarding those who engaged in Scripture you know, four or more days out of the week? Well, the one that resonates to me is the um, the one that talks about pouring into others and discipling others. That was probably the one that I'm most encouraged by because we talk a lot about at FRC about a biblical worldview. And I'm quite amazed at even people in the church um, who really don't have, do, do not know how to apply the Bible um, to um to the situations that we encounter. And that's what I love that, about our radio program is that you often do that. You bring in some of our staff and guests that help to look at everything through a biblical lens. Well, and it's, um, you, you can't give what you don't have. That's right. And so, you know, the we find counsel with God as we seek his word and we find, find his direction. And if we don't have it, if we don't have a sense of direction, it's hard to give direction to others. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it's, it, and it's so important that, you know, we're supposed to be the ones. that We're supposed to be the light. We're supposed to encourage. And so I love the fact that many times in my daily conversations, whether it's a phone call or, or something going on in our family or a friend that calls or at work, um, what we have read, and as we go through the two-year two year Bible reading plan, uh, the Scripture comes to mind as we're having everyday conversations, and I'm weaving that into our conversations, even in an office meeting or, or in a, a phone call, because God uh, serves up exactly the portion. It's sort of like, uh, give us well, give us this day our daily bread, right? And He gives us that yeah. portion of what we need. You know, that, that's really a, a, a good point. I was thinking about that the other day. I was uh, I was somewhere and I got some bread, and and I, I thought about it. You know that the the bread that I had on Sunday, if I ate that bread, it's not sufficient for today. I'd be hungry. Right. So the same is with the Word of God. It's daily bread. It just for the first time struck me. He said, "Our daily bread." Mm-hmm. And so it is. It's something that daily we. And of course, back in in the day of the scripture, they didn't have the preservatives, so you actually got real bread, <laughs> and and it was fresh. My my girls make bread. They they bake bread, and and if that's not very common today. Right. People buy bread off the fact that we had some people, we had some young people over, and they thought you you actually <laughs> how do you do that? You know, they thought everything just came in a bag off right. the shelf, and it was. It, it, I love fresh bread, and the same as where the where the word of God. Wednesday's bread that we ate mm-hmm. is not sufficient to meet our physical needs three or four days later. Right. And the same with the Word of God. The, the, the Word that was broken for us, the, the Word that was broken open, the fresh bread that was given to us on Sunday, is not sufficient to feed us on Friday. 
right. or Wednesday or Tuesday or Monday. We have to be in it every day. Well, I even have a confession. There are times that, uh, you know, I start off the morning strong and then about uh, maybe midday, um, you know, I start I start to, to lag a little. Um, that's why I've started the discipline. Um, I don't even remember when I st- started it, but for years now, I have kept my Bible open on my desk, um, and m- many of our uh, staff have come in, and it's it's open to whatever we were reading that day, because I even need to, to dip into that daily bread midday or two hours later, and um, it's convicting that because I can start off so strong, just have a sweet. As a matter of fact, we I usually have uh, I get up real early in the morning, spend time in the Word, and then uh, pretty much every morning at our office, we uh, some of the guys, different ones, we I have uh, morning prayer times with different guys, and I'm strong all the way up to about ten o'clock. And then start we start getting in the, the busyness of the day, and I'm like, <laughs> well, I don't want to carry this analogy too far, but you know they say actually it's better to eat a lot of small meals yeah, than one right. big meal. That's right. And, and so you know those those snacks on the Word of God throughout the course of the day, as Paul said, pray without ceasing. That's right. I think it is, it is an attitude. I, I, before we we've actually have some um, audio. Uh, clips. We have some comments that uh, listeners have provided oh, uh, regarding how the Bible imp- has impacted in the Bible reading program. But before we get to that, um, I'm going to wait to the next segment of the program. But I want to go back to this, the, the findings of this study about those who read the Bible more than four days a, a week. Some interesting statistics here. Uh, as you mentioned, they're, they're more likely to discipline, to disciple others and be involved in the lives of others. They're 228% uh, greater, uh, 228% more likely to share their faith with others. Uh, they are uh, uh, 59% less likely to view pornography, 30% likely, uh, less likely to struggle with loneliness. And boy, when we've come through this year of the coronavirus, I mean, that's huge. Um, 31% less likely to struggle with forgiveness for others. They're, they're more willing to forgive because they know what they've been forgiven of, and plus we're instructed to do that. Here's a big one. 416% more likely to give financially to their church that's because they're operating from that biblical mm-hmm. worldview. And uh, 218 times more likely to give financially to causes other than their church. So, I mean, the, the Bible impacts our lives. It, it really is amazing. The the stat that you gave there, 59% less likely to view pornography. You know, I walk with a lot of men. We do our Stand Courageous Minutes events. And this simple truth, I mean, there are a lot of methods out there on how to accountability partners, all kind of things when it comes to men struggling with lust. But from from my experience as a disciple or as a, as a spiritual coach, if I can get someone in the Word every day, I, I see them transform. It's basically changing their appetite. You know, we are all hungry. The question is, what are we going to feed ourselves with? And we know from um, a lot of the stats that we get at FRC, we know that there are a lot of people feeding the wrong thing. Often you even you even talk about the daily news. Turn off some of the, the, the news that you're hearing and tune into Washington Watch because whatever we're feeding is, is out, of the, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever we're feeding ourselves, that's what's going into our heart. That's what's coming out uh, of our mouth and coming into our mind. So the more you spend time 
time in the Word, the more you're filling up with the Word, the less likely you are to go and eat from some of these other places. And that's true. I mean, that's true physically. If you eat a, if we were to go out to lunch after this program and we eat a big meal, you're not going to be tempted to have a, a McDonald's hamburger if you just ate right. at Longhorn or one of the steakhouses. Well, it, and it's, it's what David said. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 119 that thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not mm-hmm. sin against you. And it, it's, a, it's a preservative. It, it, it keeps us from taking the, the wrong path. And, and doing the, uh, the the wrong things. Now, Harold, we're going to get into a moment. Uh, we got just a couple. We got about a minute here before we got to go, but uh, to our next to a break, and then we'll come back with some of the comments from our listeners. But I, I want to ask you this: How ha- have you seen this Bible reading program that with this journey we've been on as a team? We've done it individually. We're doing it as a team. Mm-hmm. H- how do you see it impacting us here at FRC? Well, for one thing, it puts us all on the same page, and so um, that was a conversation you were doing this with your family for our listeners who don't know and uh, you said you had done it with your church staff and and now you're doing you you the last year you started with FRC and it has been a tremendous blessing because we're all able to reference we're not having to bring up everybody up to speed on what we just read compared to what they've read we're all reading the same thing and then on our morning meetings we have a morning conference call for our listeners that don't know that and it's interesting to, to hear my colleagues sharing and the different truth that we all get out of the same reading passage is just really been encouraging to me it really has um as everybody kind of looks at it and and it's it's very interesting how through our our own orientation we kind of pull different aspects of the scripture but then when we share it together it gives us this panoramic view of mm-hmm. scripture it's very powerful very powerful well folks uh, that music means we're up against a break but we're coming back with more and we're going to be hearing from some of you who have shared with us how the journey this two-year journey through the bible has impacted you so that's coming up next on this special new year's day edition of washington watchdog don't go away we're coming right back with harold harper right after this in a recent poll it was revealed that only six percent of americans hold a biblical worldview This research also indicated that Christianity's teachings on abortion, marriage, and homosexuality are not only misunderstood, but seen as dangerous and subversive. In response to this trend, Family Research Council has released a new set of resources in our Biblical Worldview series. In addition to our full publications, which cover the topics of Christian political engagement, abortion, religious liberty, and human sexuality, FRC now offers helpful summaries of each publication in this series, as well as accompanying prayer guides to help you and your family pray through these important issues. And finally, our popular biblical principles for political engagement is now available in Spanish. All of these resources are free and available at frc.org slash worldview. Again, that's frc.org slash worldview. The history of religious persecution in China is extensive, and many are not aware of the current oppression of religious groups taking place there. 
China restricts religious practice and oppresses religious minorities on a sweeping scale. This religious persecution targets those of every faith. Christians, Muslims, Tibetan Buddhists, and Falun Gong practitioners are all victims of the Chinese Communist Party's efforts to suppress any set beliefs that might compete with the party's ideology. This campaign against religion has had and continues to have devastating consequences for those who simply wish to live according to their conscience. Family Research Council's recently updated publication addresses China's consistent abuses of human rights and explains why they cannot be treated like any other country. Learn more about this issue by visiting frc.org slash China. Welcome back to this New Year's Day edition of Washington Watch. I hope you are having a great day. I hope you've enjoyed this time with uh, family and friends. You know, the uh, most, uh, I I love this time of year, especially the week between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, Next to Thanksgiving is my favorite time of year because everybody is doing other things so they leave you alone. I mean, you don't have to worry about business. Uh, And I've been making, at FRC, we basically, we close down during that week so people can spend time with family. This is where you can spend time with family and friends. But as we gear up for this new year, I want to challenge you to be thinking about what we're talking about today, and that is this two-year journey through the Bible. And especially you fathers and mothers, I want to encourage you to be leading your families in a Bible reading plan. It doesn't have to be ours. It can be any of them. It doesn't matter. But it, the fact is, you just need to be in the Word of God. And Harold, we've got some of our listeners that we ask them to share their stories with us uh, about their journey in the Scripture. And, and so I want to play a couple of those for uh, our listeners. The first one comes from uh, Carol in uh, Texas. Let's play that clip. Hi, this is Carol from Texas, and I wanted to share just how much I have been blessed and encouraged by um, Stand on the Word. The two-year reading plan made it especially easy for me to recruit others to join me in reading through the Bible, and this became even more relevant when COVID caused us to move to a virtual group discussion time. And the thing that is so awesome to me, my friends have shared that it has helped to reawaken in them a desire to really get back into the Word, and it's brought them so much peace and comfort in the times when the stress has just been overwhelming, and there's so much uncertainty in life and in the world and things that are going on around us. I just wanted to thank FRC for coming up with this plan. It's not as ambitious as a a one-year read through the Bible plan, but it's just amazing, and we will keep standing. Thank you. Well, Harold, that actually speaks to to one of the points you raised about Mm -hmm. those that are in the Bible are willing to speak into the lives of others. And Carol, uh, who is a frequent listener to Washington, I have a daily listener to Washington Watch, shared this with her friends, used it as a tool to bring them in to to the journey. Yeah, I love that. Thank you, Carol, for calling in and sharing that with us. Um, So encouraging to see how she is ministering to her friends and how it comes just out of the overflow. It's not, you know, I, I can see her just saying, why don't you do this? with me. It's only one or two chapters, and it's just a real easy opportunity to invite people. You know, I've often talked to pastors about discipleship because it's something I'm very passionate about, and many 
even pastors sometimes struggle with how to begin with certain certain ones. And um, I have found that you just you just invite them to do what you're doing yeah. and uh, carry a few along the journey with you. And so, you know, I, it's such an easy thing to do. And, and here Carol has gotten involved, and now she's sharing it with others. It's very, very encouraging to me. Well, it's when, when you get something and, and it's impactful to you and it's meaningful, you do want to share it. Mm-hmm. And, and this is an easy way to do it. She said it's not. Uh, it's not overly ambitious to where you 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 are overloaded. I mean, you're not spend you're not having to spend an hour a right. day reading multiple chapters. We've specifically designed this for people who are very busy, but intentional and taking fifteen to twenty minutes based mm-hmm. on how fast you read. Yeah. Uh, and and just it's it's a starting point, and you can, obviously you can do more. But it's, I have found it's a good pace. I can take my whole family through it, and that's, you know, as you mentioned, that's where we started with, you know, those that were in their 20s all the way down to uh, my son we started was just beginning to read. Uh, but he is uh, he is in it big time now, yeah. and, and we continue to do it. The, the, your youngest son is, is in the other room, and I asked him, when, when could you remember when you first when you first started reading? And he, he's just, he said, no, I can't because we've been doing it as far as I can remember. So that's a great testimony. And I think about that, you know, as he continues to grow, uh, what a foundation to have. That's not the God's word is not going to return void. And to have that year after year, y'all been doing this for a while. And I uh, love that uh, you can easily text it out to your friends. I, I've had friends that are actually listening, listening to the word through the Bible app um, on their way in uh, to work. It's there's just so many different ways that the, that you can apply this Bible reading plan. And I just want to encourage some of our listeners: um, it's never too late to start. All you have to do is just start. Just just try to. Give it a try and see how it does. You do it for 30 days. What's, what do they say about how long it takes to become a, a routine? I think it's, yeah, it's 30. Like eight, I think it's 18 days. You do something 18 days in a row, and it becomes uh, it comes a part of it. I, I, I want to before we come up against another break. You mentioned uh, you can you have friends that listen to it online or listen to it on their phone. I mean, there's so many tools today, and, and frankly, a lot of people have difficulty reading. They don't like to read. And so you can listen. And I, we've got a, a message that came in, an email uh, from Jessica that came in regarding her family. She says, my sons and I are, are on track with this two-year uh, plan, uh, daily reading, uh, daily reading together. My husband is a born-again believer in Christ, but since he hates reading, Bible reading is never was not ever in his day that I know of. However, he does listen to some Christian radio programs while working sometimes and faithfully attends church and supports our family spiritually in other ways. What a blessing this day uh, work at home order has been because for the past three nights, my husband has joined us in the shared reading scripture at night. Uh, and that as she goes on to say that's become a pattern now. She mm-hmm. says, you're releasing the Bible reading plan is reaching into our family and making change, real change. Uh, this could be the start of a wonderful thing for us. Thank you, FRC. Yeah, I love that. I, you know, I was thinking about that. That you know, when my my older two, I used to drive them to school every morning, the morning commute. And if I had had the 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 apps now that I that that, that you have now back then, I would have we would have played that on the way uh, into school every morning. I mean, it's just a simple simple way to get the the truth. And then translate. I would have picked a translation that they could have all understood. So um, I, again, for our listeners who are not 
uh, in a Bible routine. I want to encourage you to, to give this one a try. It's a great it's a great tool. Absolutely. What a great way to start this new year of uh, laying out a, if nothing else, just invite your family to join with you. You start on the journey, and as Carol did, invite others to join with you, and uh, the impact of it will grow. All right, we're uh, up against the break, but we're going to come back and hear from some more Washington Watch listeners about how their journey of reading the Bible is going and how it's impacting their families. So you're listening to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins along with Harold Harper on this New Year's Day, and we're coming back with more right after this message. Welcome back to this New Year's Day edition of Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. So glad to have you with us. And I'm so glad to have Harold Harper with us today, Senior Vice President here at the Family Research Council and the Chief of Staff. We're talking about the uh, two-year Bible reading journey that we've been on as uh, as a team. Uh, many of our supporters have joined us. In fact, we, we just heard from Carol. We're going to hear from some, some others. Harold, this is... Uh, it's been a pretty exciting because it, I think the timing of this, given what we've gone through this last year, uh, was, well, it was a God thing. Right. I agree. And I'm, um, I'm blessed to be here this past year. This has been a tremendous blessing. And, of course, we didn't know about COVID when we started this. No. So it was definitely, I'm so glad God put this on uh, your heart. And uh, also, it came out of the overflow of what you've been doing with your family. Share with our listeners just a little bit about, you know, how you've done this. You, you keep a busy schedule, yet your family, y'all are all reading this together. Share that with our listeners. Well, it was uh, a number of years ago. I, I wanted to do a family devotional, so I was I was looking looking at all these different devotional books, and I and, and I've got a pretty uh, large span. You know, my oldest is thirty, my youngest just turned thirteen, yeah. uh, and so there's a, a big big age difference in there. We've got five kids. And I could never find the devotional that I just felt like it worked. And then, you know, in praying through it, I felt the Lord just said, why not use the Bible? Uh, <laughs> and so, okay, all right, I'll try that. So we uh, we began doing um, just reading through the Bible together. We started with, you know, like, Proverbs mm-hmm. and, and, and different things. And then it moved in to a look at the Bible chronologically yeah. and trying to break it into chunks that was not overwhelming uh, that we could do together. And so we, we kind of began into this pace of a two-year through the Bible. And then I was pastoring at the time. We brought our church into it. And, and then it just kind of began to develop. And to for my kids, what I did to try to an element of accountability, but also we all kind of like challenges. You know, we yeah. like uh, we, we have to be able to respond to things. And so with each daily reading, I would come up with a couple of questions, you know, that you would answer knowing that you read it, but also, you know, especially the younger kids competitive, they want to get the answer today. Right. And so I would, uh, what I've been doing uh, really since we started this was every morning I send them a text uh, with the passage for the day. It's like a group text? It's like a group text. Well, I do it individually because they would copy off each other the answers. <laughs> so my wife said, you need to do it. Originally, it was a group text, but she said, you need to do it individually because some of them are they're, they're just pasting the other 
answers. So we, um, we I started doing individually, and no matter where I am, um, in, whether I'm in Washington, whether I'm in uh, Sudan, right. uh, I, I they get a text. Ideally, it comes in around 7 a.m. Central Time. Uh, they get that text every morning with um, the passage for the for the day and the, the two questions that go along with it. And then uh, some are a little better than others in responding to the questions. But what's been fascinating, Harold, what has been so rewarding as a father mm-hmm. has been accompanying this on Sundays. We don't have a set reading. Mm-hmm. We actually just have a discussion. And so... Sunday Sundays have become, and I, I have to stretch back. I don't remember when it started, but it's mm-hmm. been years. Sundays are our discipleship day. So after lunch on Sunday, we clear the table. We may bring on dessert, mm-hmm. and then we go around the table and we begin to discuss what we learned this week and and what the Lord has spoken to us That's individually really uh, through the Word. And it's been. So rewarding and so encouraging to watch my children grow and to engage in these conversations about the Word of God. And, and Harold, it's so timely because there's there's not a week that has not gone by where there's something we read during the course of the week that has application to what's happening in the world around us. Yes, and, and probably in your family and in, in your church. I mean, that, that's just the beauty of God's Word and how it works. Uh, we probably don't have enough time for this, but you have a couple of, you and Luana have a couple of family traditions that have worked well. So if you can't get to it in this segment, maybe in the next segment. But um, I, I want to also talk about some of those spiritual markers, you know, Y'all, something y'all been doing for a long time, and that's an interesting story. And and then um, the other one is just your family, your family movie night, your family fellowship night on Friday nights. That's an important time. So I think this plays well to Deuteronomy six is what we're supposed to do as dads. We're supposed to be teaching them the word as we go, as we walk alongside, as we live life with them. And I love how every family is different. You do it differently than I do it. My family but i think our listeners would be encouraged just to to hear some just simple simple things just by setting aside that sunday or setting aside that friday and then being disciplined every morning to text your kids the the reading those simple things um i think my point is uh, if you're listening today uh, just begin somewhere just start yeah and and, and it's every as you said every family is different there's and the thing about it there's freedom here just pray let the lord lead you but do something but what's so rewarding about those Sundays is that I'm watching in my children. Now, adults, I have um, all but one is an adult now, (laughs) but they have developed a biblical worldview through this through these conversations because they'll ask questions. We talk about it. And it I have to tell you, for as a father, it's been uh, it's been a highlight Mm -hmm. for me. In fact, I consider them my church. I have more pleasure in, uh, in, in in shepherding my family uh, than an entire church. Mm-hmm. It's so rewarding and encouraging. So fathers, I, I encourage you to prayerfully consider this year leading your family through some form of Bible study. And a, and a journey like this, just two years, two-year journey is a, is a great way to start. All right, Harold, uh, we're, uh, we're running up against the clock here. We're going to come back because we're going to hear from some of our listeners who have called in and shared their stories. So folks, don't go away. We're going to be back with more of this New Year's Day edition of Washington.
Masculinity in America has never been under attack the way it is today. We've reached the point where the term itself is considered toxic or offensive to many. The consistent message in our nation is that masculinity by nature is bad and is the root cause of many of the problems plaguing our society. From his experience as a military combat officer and ordained minister of the gospel, Lieutenant General William Boykin has seen and dealt with firsthand the breakdown of leadership in our nation by the lack of godly men living lives of biblical purpose. In his latest book, Man to Man, Rediscovering Masculinity in a Challenging World, he addresses the essential elements of manhood as a provider, an instructor, a defender, a battle buddy, and a chaplain. It explains how to personally develop these traits and pass them to the next generation. Get your copy today of Man to Man, wherever books are sold. Ever since the Supreme Court handed down its infamous Roe v. Wade decision in 1973 that legalized abortion nationwide, a national debate has raged over whether the government should fund abortion. In 1976, Congress banned taxpayer funding of abortion and Medicaid by passing the Hyde Amendment. Several states have followed suit, passing their own restrictions on abortion funding. However, because government funding is a complex system of joint federal and state programs, completely banning taxpayer funding for abortions and abortion businesses like Planned Parenthood is challenging. There is still much work to be done to free the American taxpayer from funding the horrific practice of abortion. Family Research Council's new publication clearly explains the Hyde Amendment and why we need to keep it in order to save taxpayers from being forced to fund abortion. Access this important information by visiting frc.org slash Hyde. Welcome back to this New Year's Day edition of Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. So glad to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. And if we've piqued your interest in the two-year Bible reading plan, you can find it at TonyPerkins.com. We've got a link, but you can also go to frc.org slash Bible. Don't be intimidated by the fact that, uh, you know, you got we started a year ago. Just pick it up right where we are. We're going to do it again next year. Uh, we're going to continue to do this because every time you open the Word of God, you find something new and how it speaks uh, to you. Uh, my guest, Senior Vice President here at the Family Research Council and our Chief of Staff, Harold Harper. Harold, so glad that you're spending New Year's Day with me. Well, me too. I love this topic, though. It's really important to, my, to me and to my family. Well, it is for you because I know that uh, you don't like... Uh, even more so than I don't like politics, don't like Washington, D.C., uh, and would have never envisioned you yourself being here at mm-hmm. Family Research Council other than that for about seven years. I prayed that the Lord would lead you here, and uh, and here you are. Well, you know, one of the things you learn when you study the Bible is that uh, when, you've, when you've committed your, your life to the Lord and he is Lord, he's the one that calls the shots. And uh, throughout Scripture, as 
I've, I've studied characters in Scripture. I'm just amazed at, uh, I think you know this, one of my favorite passages in the Scripture is when God was calling Moses. And it literally says, you'll have to go look this up because the listeners will, if you're not familiar with your Bible, you won't believe it says this, but Moses says, oh, Lord, please, please send someone else. And uh, I just relate that, that that's, that's, I relate to that verse. Well, and I, know, I think even when you were uh, contemplating coming, uh, what was it, five, six years ago, uh, you shared that passage <laughs> yes. with me. I think I shared it in chapel at FRC. But, you know, these are important things. And so I, I encourage you folks to, uh, especially fathers, because I want to play another another uh, message, another comment from one of our listeners um, about a men's group that's been uh, using this prayer guide, or this Bible reading guide. And uh, so, you know, let's play, uh, play clip number two, please. I'm a retired physician and longtime supporter of FRC. Thank all of you for your continued fight for hope and biblical righteousness. I lead the men's war room prayer group at our church in Zanesville. We use FRC's Stand with the Word biblical study to study ourselves against the unwanted changes we see about us. The FRC study questions very often seem targeted to answer difficult questions arising from today's hysteria. For example, two weeks ago, Isaiah 22, 8-11 told all of the human elements going into Hezekiah's siege preparation, just as we have human preparations against the COVID siege. But the questions made us look carefully at the action the Lord desired that was well beyond Hezekiah's efforts. Last week, we were able to make analogies of Isaiah 28, Reap of Samaria, Stumbling Prophets, and the Lord's rising up to do his alien work with what we see today. These studies are also being channeled through a powerful Catholic network, so I praise God for your work and his blessings of your work. God bless you all. Harold, I don't think we could be more encouraged to hear a men's group using this because this year we also launched the Stand Courageous Men's Conference, Mm -hmm. which General Boykin has been leading. Um, but when men get in the Word of God and they begin to pray, things begin to happen. Amen. I, I've uh, had the blessing of leading a breakout session to men on the subject of parenting and, and being the spiritual leader of their home. And one of the things that um, really struck me as I'm studying the Scripture was the, the Scripture of Noah. When you look at Noah and uh, this, this, I mean, some would say it was a ridiculous request of God to build an ark in your backyard. But when you look at his voice, um, it's quite amazing to me that uh, with all the temptations going on, these young men stayed true to their, and they followed the lead of their dad. And they built this ark. And I know there had to be a lot of criticism, but why would they, why would they not be pulled away? I mean, as a prodigal, my own self, I didn't often follow the lead of my dad. I wanted to run my own life. Well, what an incredible testimony to Noah. And I believe it was because he was a man uh, under God's authority and he modeled to his boys. And so they stayed loyal out of all the, you just think about it, that it said all, all the pleasures known to man were, were going on that time. And that's why the Lord brought the flood. But anyway, just it's one of the fathers we look at when we do our breakout session. We look at Noah. That is so good because that there was just a study out recently about the growth in the number of non-affiliated people called nuns, the young people not not associated with religion, and a large part of that, Harold, is that young people see 
I'm going to use this word, is strong, but it's real, it's true, hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. You know, parents will go to church on Sundays, they'll take their kids to church, but they're not living out the faith authentically before their children. And the one way we keep our children anchored to the faith is that we take them on the journey with us. We're leading them. We're not just taking them to Sunday school, let the Sunday school teacher teach them. We're doing life with them. And and, and so much of that, as you you quoted the scripture earlier in Deuteronomy, where in the way we're talking about it, Mm -hmm. when we sit down, we talk about it. When we rise up, we talk about it. So we're just doing life from a biblical perspective and we're integrating it into everything we do. And a Bible reading plan, you know, again, not overwhelming, 15 to 20 minutes a day, dad's reading it, mom's reading it, the kids are reading it, and on Sundays you're talking about it. There's a, there's a couple things around our house that are non-negotiable. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I've given a little more space as the kids get older. But if you live in my house, mm-hmm. I don't care how old you are. If you live in my house, and you're welcome to stay as long as you want. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not one for pushing my kids out. I love them. But you're going to read the Bible, and you're going to participate in our discipleship time. And if at all possible, you're going to be there on Friday night for pizza and a movie. Yeah. So we can have fellowship together. Good family uh, time. Bond. My kids, my kids don't know of a Friday night where we didn't have pizza and a movie. Uh, that has always been the case since they've been born, and and they, the younger ones, cannot remember a time when we didn't have a discipleship time. Amen. And I've I've heard you talk about it's gotten a little harder to find appropriate movies these days. It has, but they're all pretty much black and white. <laughs> yeah, go back in the old vault. Yeah. But you know, as we think about, you make a good point. As we think about parenting in the Scripture, another character we look at in our men's time our breakout session is uh, jesse as a dad and the thing that uh, we look at there is that when samuel came in to anoint the next uh, the next king uh, jesse had all of his boys there except one and I, I asked the question why wasn't david there and i think um, you know when we look at parenting there's a lot going on in the world i've heard uh, jerry vines preach on this passage where he talked about uh, all the different things that were represented in the in the in those boys that were there but david was not there because jesse didn't look at the heart and you know because we have that scripture it uh, it gives us a reference point to to be able to look at uh, to take a lesson of parenting from from Jesse. He did some things wrong, and we talk about the fact that when we stand and give an account before heaven, our kids God's not going to ask us about our kids' grade point average, yeah. our bat their batting average, um, what what school they got into. We're going to have to stand and talk about uh, pouring, giving them, discipling them by sharing out of the overflow, modeling to them what's important. And, and I do want to encourage um, fathers and mothers who, who are leading and want to lead, be the spiritual leaders of their home. That You know, it's not always going to be perfect. I mean, there have been sure. times, and I've got a, a couple that, you know, are a, a little more resistant to to the leadership and, and may not have anything to offer on that Sunday mm-hmm. that we have the discipleship time. But they were there. They sat. They listened. And I encouraged them strongly uh, at times to have something the following week. But the fact is they're hearing. That's they're right. listening. And they're also witnessing that this is a priority for dad. Mm-hmm. And as as you said, and I think we've talked about, I think, in the last program that we did back on Christmas Day, that, you know, our, our faith that we have as parents 
has to become the faith of our children. We can't make it their faith. But as they see us model it, Mm-hmm. There comes a point in their lives where they make that decision and they choose. But if they haven't seen it, if they haven't seen it modeled, if we haven't raised them up in the way that they should go, That's right. it's kind of hard for them not to return to it when they're old. So if we're if we're teaching them, pouring into them, but not seeing the results just yet, don't get discouraged, parents. Harold, you're an example, right? That's right. I am definitely an example. But, you know, thinking about that, I think about my mom. The one thing, when I came to crashing to the end of my life in, the early, in the, my early 20s, um, and I was trying to think through my friends and even my friends' parents, it was my mom's testimony that uh, no matter how bad I treated her or cussed her or whatever I did to disappoint her or to to embarrass her because, you know, I was sometimes the talk of the neighborhood, um, she had something. She had a relationship with Christ, and, and, and so what she had was what I wanted. And that was basically my uh, prayer of surrender. Lord, if I can have... Uh, just a portion of the relationship that she has with you. Uh, she was, she was, uh, we were all boys in our family and uh, none of us treated her with the respect that, including my dad. And so, um, I kind of treated my mom the way my brothers and my dad treated her. We just did not respect her well, but she loved us unconditionally. She modeled Christ's love and she, I knew she had a relationship with Christ because that's the only possible way that she could have kept going. And she's still going today as a strong testimony. She gives out by Bibles everywhere she goes. She's she's 89. But um, I think that's a lesson for me. I want my kids to want what I have. And uh, so we talk about in, in coronavirus, we talk about a lot about uh, being contagious. Well, I want to be spiritually contagious so that my, my kids see something in me, not just the fact that I'm up in the morning reading the Word, but they actually see evidence of the Word being applied to my life. And as I've said when, I've, when we've done marriage conferences, um, I want my wife to say that my husband is not the man um, she married. She, he's a better man because I've been spending time in the Word and I spend time with other men as iron sharpens iron because that is the only hope for me to be a good dad is to learn from, from the Father, yeah. our Heavenly Father. And I've also learned in this journey that, as you've pointed out, we don't always get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have found myself apologizing more. Uh, to, to my children and to my wife when um, when I don't get it right yeah. um, more than I have in the past because I think I'm more co- cognizant mm-hmm. of when I get it wrong because before me every day right. is the standard. That's right. We're, it's like looking in the mirror. We're looking in the mirror of God's Word, and we're asking Him to show us because we, we certainly, especially at this season of our life, um, you know, that we, we want to live for Him. There is no other reason to live but to live for God and to, to be His ambassador. Um, you know, we, you've, you've, you see that as you, as you get older. You're, you're not living for money. You're not living right. for recognition or approval. That's you're right. living for the Lord. That's right. All right, I'm going to get in another clip here before we run out of time. Another comment from one of our listeners, uh, Heather, uh, called and, uh, and left this comment. Hi, this is Heather, and I was just calling in to um, share something that God has revealed to me this year through his word. Um, the day in February that um, China shut down, I believe it was 80 of its cities, um, I happened to be reading in Job for my Bible reading that day, and I happened to be reading Job 37, and the v- verse 37, 7 says, So that everyone he has made may know his work, he stops all people from their labor. 
And so right then I realized that God was using the pandemic. Of course, I didn't know what was coming for sure to the United States yet, but I knew that he was using the pandemic to get everybody's attention so that he could um, teach us about himself. And uh, so I just pray that we would all remember that that's our primary purpose always, of course, is to turn other people's hearts to him and that he's using this pandemic as a way to give us an easier opportunity to do that. Thanks. So, Harold, that's exactly what we're talking about when we talk about a biblical worldview, looking at the events around us through the lenses mm-hmm. of Scripture. And you can't do that unless you're in the Word of God. And here Heather sharing, this happened, I just happened to be reading this, and, and saw God's hand at work. Well, the, and, and we know that from other listeners uh, the, and supporters that we've, our partners that we've talked to. Um, I think uh, it would, it, just imagine what, it, what it's like to go through this past year without having the filter of God's word and his perspective. You know, that I, I tell my friends, quit listening to the, to the secular news so yeah. much because you're only getting one portion. But when you're in the word, you can listen and you've got a, a measure, a standard to discern truth well, it's kind versus of a filter. Yes. To filter out all the pollutants. You know, it's like an air filter. Whereas you, as you, you know, we shouldn't, we cannot be, uh, you know, bury our head in the sand or be uh, hiding in a cave. Mm-hmm. We've got to know what's going on around us, but not anxious about it. Looking at these events through the sovereignty and the power and the grace and the mercy of God. I think that's another thing that for us as a staff that's come out of our Bible reading, I think uh, we've all been a little more intentional about uh, applying the word. And again, God's timing has been so awesome in that he put this on your heart to start last January. We're halfway through now, and we certainly uh, want to invite our listeners to journey with us as we as we take on year two of our two-year right, uh, Bible reading plan. And folks, you can do that. Go to TonyPerkins.com or go to FRC.org slash Bible and pick up right where we are in the book of Isaiah uh, or, or any reading plan. You can start with Proverbs, but the main thing is to get in the Word of God this year. Harold Harper, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you for having me on today. Well, thanks so much for uh, for joining. It's always great to uh, to visit with you. And folks, it's great to visit with you as well. And I do pray that the Lord would bless you and strengthen you and encourage you. May he make his face shine upon you in 2021 as you walk with him in fellowship and in faith. Thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words that the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where it says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, prepared, and taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234.